What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Jenna, what are you giggling about over there? I guess I just said hi. When you guys record, hi. I forgot what you were going to do. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, it's funny because like we usually do like a longer intro, but this is such an amazing episode and it seriously flew by and it was such an anticipated episode because we've been wanting to talk to these two for a while now. Yeah. And we kind of already shared our, what the actual fork moments, or at least I did in this episode. So we'll let you get into that, um, inside the episode, but in 30 seconds or less, how are you today? I'm great. I feel like you and I are both just dealing with sick kids and we will be dealing with sick kids forever. For the rest of time. So it's like, we don't even need to talk about it anymore. It's like, oh, how are you? My kid's sick. How are you? Kid's sick. Okay, great. And, you know what? We also both got the diagnosis of it's a virus. Yeah. Like, cool. So there's nothing you can do for it. And the show goes on. Yeah. And Sienna was projectile vomiting, but really I think she just has reflux. And so now she's home from daycare. So that's where we're at. But she gets to go back tomorrow, right? Yes. Okay, you know, pending no more projectile vomit, but (laughs) you just never know what you're going to get, but you do know what you're going to get here because we hate diet culture and we just happened to bring on two additional podcast hosts that also hate diet culture as much as we do. So we had the amazing women from the Betches Media podcast, Diet Starts Tomorrow, the hosts, Emily and Remy. Remy Casimir is a stand-up comedian, actor, and host of Betches Media's Diet Starts Tomorrow. In addition, Emily Lubin is a comedian and podcaster living in New York City and also a co-host of Diet Starts Tomorrow. I personally have listened to this podcast for a very long time, and this was like such a full circle moment to be able to chat with these two. And I'm just so excited for you guys to listen. Yeah. I I just want to add, like, I feel like it was a little bit of like, I don't know if, I don't think inception is the right word, but like... (laughs) When you and I started podcasting, what, three years ago, like, I feel like diet starts tomorrow was always like on the radar of like, we, we fucking hate diets and they fucking hate diets. And like, how cool would it be to like chat with them, talk with them, you know? (laughs) So it's like totally full circle. Um, and this episode took many twists and turns, but like just a big conversation in the best way. Yeah. This is just like an off air conversation that just so happened to be recorded. I feel like for the record, Sam and I always have questions like that. We like, we pre write down questions that we want to talk to the hosts about and, or our guests about, I should say. And we got through two of them today. (laughs) 
but like in the best way. Right. And I think that's what happens when you give like two professional podcasters and comedians and like actors, like uh, they have a mic, like they were just on fire and it was great in in so many different ways. And you guys are going to love it. Let's go. (laughs) Let's fucking go. All right. Emily and Remy, we're excited to just jump in right into it, right into (laughs) it. We have four women here who fucking hate diet culture. So this is going to be a great episode. There so- is no more powerful Zoom call than <laughs> that of four women who hate diet culture. Mm. Mm, I love that. I feel like we need to call the episode that now. But so we want to start with our our what the actual fork moment, I guess you could say of the week, but it doesn't have to be of this week. It could be something you saw scrolling on TikTok. It could be something that you just happen to see on the streets of New York, mm-hmm. whatever it is, what is the last moment or the most profound moment you can think of that stopped you in your tracks and said, what the actual fork is this? Well, we actually just spoke about this, Remy and I, but I don't know if you guys are avid TikTokers or TikTok users. You on TikTok, they're nodding their heads. I've noticed this trend that these um these girls will post these what I eat in a day TikToks mm-hmm. and the opening image is always them in front of a mirror holding up their shirt. Yes, you're doing the motion and I think it's super problematic because it's just implying to everyone if you want to look like me then you should eat like this even though they're not saying that and especially since they're not saying that um, <laughs> I think it's, it's super dangerous for people to see shit like that on TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, I feel like Jenna, do we do a full episode on what I eat in a day videos and how we like hate them? Yes. Because of that exact statement. Yeah. Like it's just so insane because like you just said, it's like read between the lines. Like I'm not being problematic. I'm mm-hmm. just, this is just mm-hmm. how I pose. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, that's not a pose. Like, like when are you with your friends and you're like, Let's take a picture. <laughs> I'm like fra- flashing my bra. To That's you true. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate That's it. I so hate it funny. so much. And I've been seeing them more and more. And I'm getting really disappointed, to be honest, because when I got into the health at every size movement, I want to say it was about like four or five years ago. It Since then, it has seemed to become so much more popular and widespread and, mm-hmm. and accessible to people that now to see the pendulum kind of swinging in the other direction is super disappointing for me. And I hope that we're not going to revert back to the, um, you know, Y2K era of like, you have yeah. to be super skinny with huge tits. Cause I, I was going to say, I remember like the first, what I eat in a day that I ever saw was Kelly Ripa's. And I don't know mm. if you guys remember Kelly, like revealing that, but I remember it like, it's nothing by the way. And she still will yeah. tell you that what it is. It's a few almonds and it's like, it's air, it's air. Um, and it's like, now it's like Ryan Seacrest's like hairspray, like just like a little whiff of that. As well. <laughs> um, but she said it at the time. And I remember being like, that's really nice of her to share that with us. You know, it's really <laughs> oh, yeah. giving. No, truly. I was like, that is so generous because most people will tell you that they eat a lot and then be thin. And, you know, so I was like, this is like, 
really putting the ladder down for us other girls to be able to be as thin. But the fact of the matter is, is first of all, it's not healthy. Or maybe it is for Kelly. I don't know. I can't, I'm not her. We don't know Kelly's life. We don't know Kelly's life, but it is not in your genetic, you are not related to Kelly Ripa. So no matter what you do, even if you eat exactly like her, there are some bodies that are just predisposed to keeping on weight. There are some skeletons that are just wider, you know, like you're not going to shrink and your eyes aren't going to turn blue either. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately. I would love my eyes turn blue. I used to wear Remy's got them au naturel. (laughs) Oh, but in an acting class once, no, you guys, I was told to turn around or me and all the other light eyed people. There was one girl who was giving a monologue and she was like, can all the light eyed people turn around? Because like, I have a superstition that like your eyes are going to like steal my soul. And we were like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. That is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does she do walking down the street? Oh my God. I have no idea. You know, it's so, it's so funny that you brought up Kelly Ripa. Cause I think she's one of like the biggest offenders in this area. Mm. And I used to do bar classes at physique 57 and mm. Kelly Ripa was kind of the, um, unofficial spokesperson for physique 57. She said she did it every day. It completely transformed her body and she really popularized that workout. And I, for a while I, I did, I mean, I don't think I would say this, but I think subconsciously it kind of was like, okay, if I do this several times a week, I will look like Kelly Ripa. And I hate to tell you guys, it never happened. Yeah, And it it sucks that that stuff is coming back. Have you Um, seen the, like the rebirth of Tracy Anderson method, like everywhere? Oh my God. It's on every single ad that I get on and maybe even Facebook, like, I don't even know, but that workout, like the problematic aspects of the brand. That's a bar workout, workout, workout as well, right? I'm not even really sure. It's, it's too like expensive to even get in. Like, <laughs> you have to like movement. get a membership to get a membership. No, it's wild. Uh, I did it once in the Hamptons one time and I was like, uh-huh. I just paid $60 and I have no idea what I just did. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where you do it. Right. And you're I in the Hamptons. Like, this is an experience. Like I want to try it. And yeah. I, it was And, you know, it's so fun to try workout classes. I I do think it's really fun to like kind of expand your horizons and try different forms of movement just to see what you like. Mm -hmm. But ah, the, the elitism is what bothers me. The, you know, when I did physique 57, I think it was like 20 bucks a class and that was expensive for me, but I, I just, Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot and I found little ways to save, um, on the classes, like class pass and different Mm -hmm. things, but the price kept increasing. I think it increased to $30 while I was still doing it. And eventually I was like, peace out, you guys, I'm going to go join the Y. Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out another way. Um, It was just way out of my tax bracket. And I think like many people who would benefit from group exercise just don't have access to that. Mm, Great point. Such a good point. Well, I'm glad that you, it's very fitting that you guys took a, a, a shit storm of TikTok and brought it here because Jenna, <laughs> Jenna and I, I do. often talk about TikTok and how yeah. it's just the wild freaking West. Yes. Um, Wait, but can I would, we actually talk about though what came out in TikTok news like today or yesterday? Have you guys I might not thing? know because I'm not clued into TikTok. Wait, guys. Tell me. 
So the liver king, do you guys know who he is? Is he Mm -mm. the brain guy eating the He's like the one that started, I think, like the carnivore diet. And he claims to have never used performance enhancing drugs. And he's like 45 years old. Doesn't he have a lot of bruises now? He might. (laughs) I don't know too much about him. But what I do know is that emails were leaked from his personal email this past couple days Uh that revealed that he, in fact, takes $12,000 a month of performance enhancing drugs. His (gasps) cycle of steroids is 12 grand a month. And all of these people are playing snippets of podcasts. He's on where it's like, I am all natural. Like, I would never lie to you about my steroid use and 12,000 a month. And he's sitting there like... Like the liver king eats, you know, my customized protein shake, my liver king bars, 400 testicles, all of these other like raw meats. And that's why I look like this. Like, no fucker. Like you take 12 grand a month of drugs. (laughs) Anybody who looks at a photo of what that guy looks like and thinks he's all natural. I'm sorry. You need, you need uh, to be re-educated about what natural bodies look like. Literally. This guy is so clearly jacked up and this is so pervasive in the weightlifting and bodybuilding community too is that these guys will say I take supplements but the supplements are steroids these supplements are essentially poison and there's so many negative health effects when you get off of those um they're very addictive it's just really not a good scene I think of Jax from Vanderpump Rules I don't know if you Mm. watch that show that guy I mean, you could tell that like his health really took a decline when he got off the juice. And um, it's like I it's so many more people do it than I even realize. But it's you so- can't you can't believe anything that anybody says to you online, especially about fitness. You just can't. Yeah, it's so funny that you brought up Jax, because I was gonna say that like these guys and their performance enhancing stuff, like they are never as open about it as like the real housewives. You know, like these women, they get so much shit done and like, yeah, it's bad for our mental health and body images because we don't think aging should be a thing. But like, at least they tell us, you know, mm-hmm. like we literally were talking to Margaret Joseph the other day. She's like, yeah, I'm on this like diet, blah, 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 blah. You know, like they're very open about what's going on. Whereas like the men, they're, they're showing unattainable bodies to other men and being like, oh yeah, it's perfectly natural. And why would I lie? What do you mean? Why would I lie? They're making money off of you with mm-hmm. their alleged products that they are, they're, they are real products, but they're products that they're allegedly making their bodies like that when like, not at all. Right. They're not even taking their own products. I actually no, shared yeah. this once. I actually have old emails from like 2016 where I emailed some company that had a factory out in like I don't know, the other side of the world. And was like, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to make a private label protein powder. Like what are the steps? And yeah. they like sent me back like a formula. Like, how does this sound? You can put your oh name on God. it for $600. And I was like, Ooh, let oh me. My, oh my God. God. <laughs> That's how these things happen. Like it's these- as easy as buying a star. <laughs> <laughs> or a tree <laughs> or a tree so yeah insane. donating a tree to israel or my new protein powder i'm gonna come out with some protein powder i'm gonna buy it <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's gonna be called uh um put the lube in um 
Sorry if that was inappropriate. I, There's nothing no, inappropriate here. Okay, good. I, listen, I think it's so important to be transparent about this stuff. And again, it's mm-hmm. not like if you ha- have cosmetic surgery or if you take um, supplements, like, you know, it's not like that's necessarily a poor moral choice. Do I think it's healthy? Probably not, but- But tell you, us at but least. Tell, but tell us. And it's making me think of there is a creator who I'm not going to name- this what actually really upset me. This disappointed me because I'll say it. His name's Mike. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a woman, and um, and I really really looked up to her. She created a lot of recovery content um, mm-hmm. at a time that I was going through recovery, and I found it so helpful. And I found her really inspiring. And then in the past couple of years, I started to realize that she lies about certain plastic surgery procedures Mm. and it's very very apparent based Mm. on uh you know the way her body has grown this is what I'll say her upper half and her lower half have grown at disproportionately different rates to a and I don't think it's genetics um and I don't think it's intuitive eating either. Everyone's She's having a really being... fun time calibrating this woman's body. They're like, which half? <laughs> I'll say it. it's the ass. The ass oh, it's the not, ass. The I... ass is not like there's no way. There's no way on God's green earth that that ass is from nature. Mm. And like even you know, there are certain things that when people get a, a BBL, like there's certain uh, changes Tells. that you can actually spot, uh, like the shape of their belly button changes and stuff. And I've started to notice that. So I'm kind of like, well, if you're not going to be transparent about it, you're going to make a lot of girls feel bad when they go into recovery and they start intuitive eating and they don't have like a big fat ass and a tiny waist like you do. Um, I just think oh, wait, that's so, so this dangerous. is somebody who is saying that their body changed because of intuitive eating, intuitive oh, eating and working out. That, oh, like everything just rushed to the ass. Right. Yeah, you guys. (laughs) If you build it, they won't rush to the ass. That's, I mean, like your ass will get a little stronger, a little higher. Yeah, but also the ass is not going to be like a perfect heart shape, like molded out of clay. You know, I just just call bullshit on it and I'm like, it's a disillusionment for me because I was very inspired by her content mm. um, until I realized that. And I'm, I, I just don't think you need to lie. If you want to change something about yourself, let's be transparent about it. That's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a bad, it's not a, a negative moral choice. It's just, it's your choice. I okay. saw a TikTok of, um, it was like, three experts have confirmed that Barbara Corcoran had two facelifts and then she like came over it in the green screen and she's like it took three experts to figure it out like come on like, and I was just like I love you you're so you're so real Barbs. well I would say all we can hope is that like creators like what you're speaking about uh Emily is you know, maybe one day she'll come out and talk about that and say, like, I wasn't truthful with you. And, you know, Jenna and I often often say on our podcast how, like, we've caught, like, well, Jenna used to want a protein powder with her name on it, right? Like, we constantly, not only currently still fuck up to, like, publicly talk about it and talk about growth and transformation, and but we used to be 
very big diet culture dietitians. Mm. And so we love to talk about that openly, just like you guys are talking about. Cause like the more you talk about it, the more people like, Oh, it's okay. Right. And I think so many people think like that I'm going to use air quotes of anti-diet movement that can mean a lot of different things to different people. Mm -hmm. People think like, Oh, you're anti me right? Because I've dieted. And it's like, no, 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 we're anti-diet culture, right? We're, we're anti the $72 billion industry. If you have dieted, or if you have gotten plastic surgery, or if you have, you know, manipulated your body or made people think something, it doesn't make you a morally bad human, right? Like it makes, it makes you affected by diet culture. Yes. And literally, I would say that at least the four of us sitting here, I think, are people who we were influenced by diet culture before. Like, we talk about it now because we had stuff happen to us because of it. You know, I don't think that there are many people who have been body neutral or neutral this entire time that are now speaking out against diet culture because it's like, no offense, but what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause you were filtering out those messages naturally. Yeah. You did a great job. Nothing. Yeah. You never had disordered eating. You never had an eating disorder. You never had body dysmorphia. You never spent hours a day thinking about whether you deserve food or not. Like how wonderful. Okay. Well, this is why we're anti it because it fucked us up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stole a lot from us. Yeah, stole a lot of time. Yeah, I I do find health at every size dietitians to be a fascinating people because I know that that a lot of your education can be really problematic. uh, Problematic (laughs) and like a lot of it involves a lot of weight stigma in the the way that you guys are taught. Everything, like truly had to unlearn all of our education. That's so inspiring that you guys have done that. I think there needs to be more weight neutral dietitians because it's, and also weight neutral doctors, because in the medical field, I mean, there's just so much weight stigma and it's so pervasive and it's, it's happening like from when people are in medical school and gender stigma, like weight stigma combined with it. Like Emily knows that I went to an internalist, uh, recently to get like checked for surgery and he was like do you work out and I was like I'm gonna like start and he was like okay well do like Pilates or yoga or something but like don't weight lift because you're a girl and I was like what (laughs) and like all Emily does do is weight lift and it's her favorite thing to do and I'm long you don't I I don't like the term lengthening you're Mm, not gonna mm. you're like I, I just don't I like have a really hard time with it. And I said something that was um, pretty anti-Pilates on our podcast. And I got a little backlash. And let me just just say, anybody listening to this, if you enjoy doing Pilates, absolutely do Pilates. I'm not saying, you know, Pilates is bullshit. I'm just saying that like, I think it's not the most efficient way to build muscle mass. And I think a lot of you... No, for everyone, it is not the most efficient way to build muscle mass. Maybe. Remy, (laughs) you think that lying on a mat and, and like contorting your muscles 
yeah. in certain movements, uh-huh. you think that's going to build muscle mass as quickly as lifting 150 pounds? And then- How are you lifting 150 pounds if you've never lifted before? You have to you start with You can lift more than you lift. think, Remy. You can lift more than you think. And, and whatever this, see, this is how we get into dangerous territory. <laughs> so this actually leads into our question that I know Sam and I really want to know. And so it's very clear that you two have an amazing rapport together mm. and that you know how to work a microphone, but tell me how the two comedian sex therapists on here, like how did you oh. become the new DST podcast host at DST meaning diet starts tomorrow, mm-hmm. which I personally have been a fan of for a very long time. I mm-hmm. listen. I love it. Um, and I want to know more so about happy. how you guys took on this new role. Okay. We have to rewind because I'm definitely not a sex therapist. Um, <laughs> I got into the sex space very <laughs> haphazardly. Um, I do stand up comedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. But, it, and it's funny because I've started, people have started calling me like a sex guru or whatever. No, I started a podcast because I had never had an orgasm. I wanted to learn how. And it helps me do that. And it also helps a bunch of other people do that. So that's how that happened. Emily, (laughs) but yeah, but I started it selfishly, but now it it unintentionally helped other people, which we love to see. That's amazing. Um, And it it like gave you a career. Gave me a little career. Who would have thought that not coming until the age of 28 would give you this beautiful career? I mean- Life is just gorgeous, but my story, my story, um, I've been podcasting for seven years, um, and I got into podcasting via comedy, but then eventually I really fell in love with podcasting and that's my only thing now. Um, and then, so I I, still do stand up. I don't do stand up anymore. Um, but yeah. And so I used to do stand up. I used to do sketch comedy and I always loved listening to podcasts. I've been listening to them since I was 16, which is such, it's a very long time. Um, and back then it was extremely nerdy and definitely not something that I shared with people necessarily. Um, but now, uh, I still do that podcast that I started seven years ago. That's called hot mess. But then in uh, quarantine, actually, I started my own podcast called RIP Diets, and it was all to inspire more people to learn about intuitive eating and to break free from diet culture, especially during COVID when we were being suddenly inundated with all these bad messages about the quarantine 15 and just all that mumbo jumbo. Mm. I realized people need encouragement now more than ever to kind of accept themselves and find a way to be the healthiest version of themselves, but not necessarily the smallest version of themselves. Yeah. Um, and then Sammy, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I, I started building a community that way. And then, um, that is how Betches discovered me and, and the timing worked out very well, um, that the DST hosts were stepping down at which point I brought in Remy because she, as you can already tell, is like a pillar of vulnerability and strength. And the fact that her podcast was all about never having had an orgasm mm-hmm. and her putting herself out there, I knew that she'd be willing to go there with me too. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. I struggle with body 
dysmorphia, body images, disordered eating. We're not sure if eh, past eating disorders, <laughs> la, la, la. Um, and because I have used myself as a guinea pig in the past, Emily was like, you want to do it again? And uh, like unlearn some of your internalized fat phobia and um, all the diet culture things that we've been inundated with. Like, and I was like, yeah, you know, cause I've been sending her TikToks too for as long yeah. as she's been running RIP diets. I've been like, well, um, I, I come across this stuff all the time. Like it's all yeah. I think about all day and night um, here. Look at this, look at this, look at this. And then she's like, okay, chill. Yeah. And like I said, I'm so, I'm not intuitive with TikTok. So, and Remy is, so she would send me, you know, different body positive or body neutral TikToks. And oftentimes I'd throw them up on my page and be like, these are so good. And I never see them because I'm horrible <laughs> with technology. I would love to hear, do you guys have an episode on that kind of like blends both of these when we're looking at what Remy does? Remy, your podcast is called How Come, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, <laughs> I'm thinking of like an episode Okay, so my brain goes to, as a certified intuitive eating counselor, we have evidence-based assessments that we have all of our clients fill out. And one of them talks about the behavioral implications of how dieting harms our life in ways that we might not think. And one of those things is avoiding intimacy. And so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like, there could be such a blend of an episode of, because of course, right? When we hate our bodies, when we're uncomfortable or feel discomfort in our bodies, that's absolutely going to blend into intimacy, but I feel like that's it has like... to do with intimacy with other people. It has to do with intimacy with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't find yourself hot, you probably can't masturbate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or it's like, you don't even have to find yourself hot, but if you're thinking that you are disgusting, or you're like, not going to be in the right mental space. At all. And yeah. it, sex is so mental, even more than it is physical mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time. And, um, I definitely think it was a problem for me. Like, I think we, and we talk about this all the time. Porn was mostly man made for men when I was growing up. And it was very like girls being hot and like sucking in their stomachs and like looking back at stuff and like having no hair on their butthole. And I was like, all of this is very unachievable, but I would still try it. And when you're sucking in, you're not going to come. It's just, you're just not going to. Because you're too um, tense. Yeah, you're too tense. And like your mind is elsewhere. You're thinking about what you look like to another person, which is like you should be focusing on um, more sensory things. Like mm-hmm. try to ground yourself and like, how does this feel? Like, what am I mm-hmm. smelling? What am I tasting? Not like, does my ass have another ass? <laughs> <laughs> She brought that up the other day and I had to My ask her for clarification. My ass does have another ass. I did not know and what that meant. it's beautiful. It's yeah. gorgeous, Remy. Yeah. I, I told you all babies have two butts mm-hmm. and we love them for it. We do. Mm. Nothing like um, a good No, baby but we butt. have not done an episode of DST yet about intimacy, but it's definitely on the list because you're right. They definitely play in to each other mm-hmm. and affect each other. I... Uh, struggled for years with a an eating disorder and it took 
many different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every time I would swing the pendulum to one side, it would just swing right back to the other side. And um, I was very unhappy for a long time. And I was not connected to my body at all. Mm-hmm. And that's that definitely affected intimacy when I was dating somebody or it just, I never, ever enjoyed sex really because I didn't enjoy even existing in my body, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just go somewhere else. Like no matter what I was doing with my body, I would just go somewhere else. I, Mm -hmm. I would often feel like I wished I didn't have a body. And that's something that I literally was just about to start singing. I'm so sorry that you have to have a body. You know that? Yeah. No, I don't. What is that song? It's a TikTok sound. And I'm always like, I'm sorry about it too. Like, it sucks. (laughs) But that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense though, because when we were talking about earlier, how like diet culture steals not only like your time, right? It steals a shit ton of money and it steals precious memories and being present. Like, sure, you might physically be in a moment whether you're at a holiday event or whether you're you know in an intimate moment with a partner or whatever but just because you're physically there doesn't mean you're like mentally emotionally present mm-hmm. um so I just thought that was like an interesting marriage of both worlds Remy 100% really tackle no but I think I think it's sex it's um be- beauty standards but it's also gender mm-hmm. like all of these things are combined to make um, one gender more suppressed, mm-hmm. one more um, go inside, take up less space, um, subservient. Yeah, be more quiet. Mm-hmm. Totally, they're all connected. It's crazy. Yeah, I just I keep that. thinking about the comment that we were talking about before um about doctors and nutrition and how they need to stop and Sam and I were discussing off air mm-hmm. I think Tuesday Sam about the weight stigma from obesity doctors quote unquote heavy air quotes on TikTok I don't know if that's on your pages yet and speaking of fucking up publicly Sam remember how <laughs> we both shared that we both have the the degree in weight management from oh yeah because i was trying to say like i have an obesity certification i'm like bitch i do too and that's bullshit like (laughs) i'm i can straight up tell you they used to tell us like tell people to not eat food and like take a meal replacement like total trigger warning like yes it's sign of disordered eating (laughs) yeah you know we just recorded a couple shows and on one we were talking about how it's just crazy how we prescribe the same behavior to people in larger bodies that we call an eating disorder yes. in people with yes. smaller yes. bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have someone in my DMs actually right now that was like, I just left the doctor's office and he told me to eat 1200 calories a day and exercise more. And I'm like, I, I, I don't have words. They're work. still telling like, people this? And like, uh, why? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's painful. Well, we're seeing like, we're also seeing uh, companies like Noom try mm-hmm. to adopt mm-hmm. anti-diet culture speak mm-hmm. um, yeah. as like a marketing ploy. And they, I, I believe- How are they doing it? How are they doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saying it's not a diet. It's a uh-huh. lifestyle. Uh-huh. And, you know, 
allegedly they take into account like all these different factors and teach you how to just live a balanced lifestyle. But uh, past users of the app have spoken out and said, no, this app was telling me to eat 1200 calories a day. Like this app was not helping me live a healthy lifestyle. It was basically doing the same thing that Weight Watchers does or my fitness pal and just Mm -hmm. rebranding it to fit into this anti-diet mentality that unfortunately is, is pretty trendy. So it's getting lost in the marketing. And two men, of course, that are engineers developed new Mm -hmm. and they try to play. If you read about them, it's so interesting. And they try to play the the psychology card, right? Like, Oh, we're, it's all about the psychology, but right. But where it's and Jenna and I talk about this all the time on our podcast as well. It's just so frustrating and I can't imagine being a consumer that doesn't understand intuitive eating, maybe has heard of the concept or food freedom or right. health at every size, but then you see new messaging, right? And it just, it's so freaking confusing because there's also registered dietitians that work for Noom that all put out an anti-Noom video and they're like, this is terrible. Like you're so bad for our profession because you're, and I'm like, what? you know, so it's like, I just can't imagine being a consumer genuinely trying to like navigate this space because you're like, who the fuck do I listen to? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard. I mean, and, and that's, that's another thing that I think about a lot. And we talk about a lot on, on DST is it's hard to know where to turn to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I personally think being, um, intuitive in the way you eat intuitive in in your movement like really getting in tune with your body which i admit is not a it's not a quick process it does mm-hmm. take some time and it takes a lot of relearning and rewiring but it is such a more stable place to be in than constantly looking outside yourself for answers about mm-hmm. how to be healthy once you once you become intuitive you realize that it's not even that complicated. We've made it so much more complicated because the diet industry is such a lucrative industry that they're basically just preying on the fact that none of us know what to do. Literally, Emily, as we were like talking about this, I was started like a a noom. I was thinking about this diet that my mom used to do where it was like, she had a accountability coach and she would have to take Mm -hmm. pictures of her meals and stuff. And he would tell her like what was okay and what wasn't. And I was like, Oh, that must like be an eating disorder, but like, maybe it's not and uh, whatever. But like, then my brain went to, I wish I just had somebody to tell me what to eat all the time or whatever. Like, just like that old, old thinking, like resurface. And I go, I do me (laughs) like my literal brain is the thing that's telling me like, why would I want something to tell me, Oh, you need to have broccoli today. If what I have in the house is zucchini and I happen to want that. Yeah, exactly. Or what if you're not, why are we trying to overcomplicating things? Yeah. What if there's a cupcake in my house and I can have that instead? Yeah. It's the time of year where like, people will ask dietitians specifically, like, what are your tips for the new year and blah, blah, blah. And my tips are mm-hmm. always like, drink water, get outside. <laughs> like, Literally go outside hungry. and do and- nothing differently <laughs> than you did any other the 
of the 365 days this year. But the reality, I, no fucking the reality is, is that most people, when they think about getting healthier, air quotes, like, uh-huh. they don't do things like get outside or drink water because they don't see them as valuable mm-hmm. because diet culture doesn't talk about those things that are actually health promoting. No, and they only where, want like, aesthetic my, goals, not yeah. internal. Like, because how do you measure how you're feeling? dare you write a diary (laughs) like that wasn't part of that wasn't part of wellness culture until two years ago yeah Mm -hmm. you know like we've all I have been trying to unlearn that the gym and uh what you look like are connected Mm -hmm. like I don't want to go to the gym to look different. I want to go to the gym to feel better or to be able to bend at the knees when I'm 50. Yes. I love that. It's a very worthwhile goal. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing I I always like, I know that uh, I probably annoy people with how much I talk about weightlifting, but I just think it's so great for your bones. Somebody like, get this girl some barbells for Christmas. <laughs> Wait. I, I feel like Emily and Jenna have like yes. a connection. <laughs> and then Remy and I with our blue eyes. There's just something about yes. it. Oh my like, God. Like, the same color. We don't need to wait left. We're just going to steal your souls. Yeah. yeah. Muscles. We're going to lightly walk and maybe do like a yoga pose and have blue eyes. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of white walkers over here. Well, Remy, oh my god. Well, Emily, I just bought for my husband who doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's fine. But there's like something called like Animal House Fitness. It came up on one of my ads on Instagram, and it's how you take your dumbbells at home and you turn it into like attachments that can create barbells, or you can put it on your foot to do like leg lifts and all Ooh. sorts. Of, I'm gonna send you the link, and I'm so excited because it was a selfish gift that I bought yeah, for him that I really want. That, <laughs> like, that is so cool. Yeah, I I just I the reason why I talk about it so much is because I feel like women are discouraged from doing those workouts. Totally. Either as I was at the doctor for no reason. I mean, by the doctor, that's crazy. I mean, I've never heard that, but unfortunately, I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, what about? Sorry, I I, also it's just intimidating. It's just really intimidating Mm -hmm. for a woman to go into a gym and to go into the weight room and to see all these dudes and they're so you know brolic with their big heavy weights and chomping on raw testicles (laughs) chomping on raw testicles um yeah it's it's just really intimidating so I just would like for women more women to give it a try because there are just so many health benefits and I I feel like a lot more women would enjoy it if they tried and I think not to bring it back to aesthetics but I think a lot of women have been dissuaded from working out because they don't want to get too jacked because jacked women have not uh, historically been considered viable little wifeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually they can just fight back. Yeah. I just recently <laughs> spoke to someone who was saying that he essentially had to come out to all of his friends as liking muscular women. And I was like, aren't you bisexual? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, did you come out at the same time? He said, no, I came out way before as bisexual. And I was like, so the patriarchy is so strong that it makes more sense to be attracted to all and any men than women with muscles. Crazy. Mm. Like, 
And he said the best sex of his life now is with women with muscles because he's really into that. So like, if you are dissuaded because you are the type of body that will get jacked, if you think that's hot, that's cool. There are other people who are also going to find it hot. Yeah. And like everyone is allowed to think what they think is hot is hot. But another thing is like aesthetics are just aesthetics. And I, I mean, my boyfriend is a very slim guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to only date guys who were much bigger than me. And at the time, I thought that's just what I was attracted to. But looking back now, I realize it was because I felt insecure and I wanted someone who was a lot bigger than me because I wanted to feel small and dainty and feminine. And now, and I never even thought that I could find like a slim guy attractive. Um, and it's completely expanded my mind about like what I think is attractive and how important aesthetics even are to me because I found someone who's like a really good match for me and we have really good chemistry and it doesn't even, I don't even care about his body size. Yeah. Um, say, a healed per- healing your relationship with food and body and self and fitness and all of the things that we talk about, it comes full circle and it allows you to realize what your preferences are in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talk about and preferences all be with different. food. Yeah, all the time. But like your intentions behind your choices are everything and picking a partner is no different, right? Yeah. A partner or an activity. Like how Emily, like you yes. want to shout from the rooftops, right? How much you love lifting weights, for me, lifting weights is so triggering due to my past relationship with fitness. So it's mm, that makes like, sense. Right. And and I'm a certified personal trainer too. So it's it's interesting just how different everyone is. And that's why intuitive eating is so nuanced as Sammy's well. Sammy's practice used to be inside a gym. <laughs> I literally wow. used to counsel people weight loss inside of a gym. I so, visited there. We did pull up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, so were you working as a personal trainer at the same time? Mm-hmm. Personal <laughs> trainer, registered dietitian, and now I work in my home as registered dietitian, but I don't even call myself a dietitian. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor under Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. So I'm like, I tell people, if people say, what do you do? Those are my goddesses. (laughs) Uh, Right? When people say, what do you do for a living? If they don't like know what I do, I just say I'm an eating disorder counselor. So then I can totally like bypass the like, will you help what me should I eat? or like, yeah, what should I eat? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like we're not going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so when I started RIP diets, I, I got really specific about my recovery journey and my wellness journey. Um, and I did, you know, encounter this issue where some people would, would say, Oh, did intuitive eating help you lose weight? Or, yeah. you know, if I intuitive eat, will I weigh the same as you? Like, is that from intuitive eating? And it's, it's a really uh, tough question to answer because Mm -hmm. the fact is everybody's body is different and all intuitive eaters look different and you could gain weight, you could lose weight, you could stay the same weight. And that'll continue Um, to change your whole life. There's no end point with intuitive eating. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. And that's another part is like, I can't even tell you if in, you know, how I got this body, because I don't even know if this body is permanent. I don't think about it that way. It's a completely mm-hmm. different mindset and that's not the focus. And so I think it's, it can be kind of hard for people to get because yeah. they're thinking about it. Like it's an, just another diet 
when yeah. really it's not. It's actually a true lifestyle, whereas Noom is a fake lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> when when we were saying that Noom is like a not a diet, it's a lifestyle. I'm like, you're giving me my mom in the '90s, like mm-hmm. she she was, and she wasn't saying it like, oh, it's like don't crash diet because it's bad for you. It was like, don't crash diet because it doesn't work. You know, like it was like, do the lifestyle where every day you're very regimented. It's like, that's still a diet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I always say when it comes to like marketing with intuitive eating for the now it's different, but like the past couple of years, it's like, yeah, let me sell this thing that you have to do forever. And I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. Like, that's really fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> Versus diet culture where it's yep. like pay $60 for 30 days and lose X amount of pounds. Like, Correct. obviously it's not real, but like, that's their sales pitch. Mine is like, well, you have to do it forever. You have to be really patient. I have no idea and it takes what's going to happen. And it takes a lot of, you know, Legit. analyzing and <laughs> yeah. learning about yourself. You and have to be like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> To yeah. unpack emotions and actually feel them and be present in your body that you've been trying to dislike like, for your entire out. life, but it'll be great. At least with intuitive eating, it's like, okay, so you're going to eat, you're going to eat what you want. Yep. When you're hungry, you're going to eat food. Mm-hmm. And when you're full, you're not going to eat food. <laughs> You know, I mean, can you be my marketing person for me? Yeah, <laughs> and even when you're full and you, it's like you that can still eat good. Food. You can yeah. eat, yeah, yeah. And, you and, you, and you might still eat food when you're full. Yeah, yeah. and I, then uh, you go to you're sleep. Like a bad person because yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not morally good or bad. Oh my god, yeah. mind blowing, um, revolutionary. <laughs> something that I had a hard time with that I. You know, I guess there's still times that I judge myself for this, but I I am good at recognizing that that's just my self-judgment. Um, emotional eating. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we were always told if you're an emotional eater, that's bad. That's really bad. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't eat for any reason other than the fact that you're hungry and and not to make yourself feel better. I I do agree that like that shouldn't be your only coping mm-hmm. strategy when you're upset or when you, you are bored or you should or also whatever cry reason. and eat and salt your food with while eat it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but sometimes emotional eating really fucking helps yeah sometimes Absolutely. eating cookies does relieve your stress and does make you feel better yeah. and is that bad no why is that why would that there's be bad? like a reason that, that your body is telling you like I need extra salt right now, or I need extra sugar right now. Like I need to be comforted in some way. Like they don't call it comfort food for fucking nothing. Yeah. Like it literally is a mashed potatoes are a blanket to me. Mm. I love that. You know, mac that and cheese is a blanket way. to me. I would love to sit in a bed, a bath of mac and cheese. So comforting. I'm gonna go Divine. Make that for lunch next. But I like I also urge everyone listening to think like every time you eat, you have an emotion tied to it. Mm-hmm. Like right. every single time. And like we're not sitting here saying that's bad. Why is it only when it's like a big emotion that like there's this mm-hmm. conversation about it? I think Yeah. Like, the whole other podcast. Yeah. I was, I was gonna was say gonna we say. could do a whole <laughs> podcast on emotional eating and really unpacking that principle, coping with emotions with kindness. That's what we we break down and yeah. it's I agree so much with Emily, though, that 
as intuitive eaters, we say like, you don't want eating to be your only coping mechanism. Cause what mm-hmm. happens when food is not accessible, it can be really dangerous. Like how totally. do we cope then? Yeah. Um, so totally agree there, but it does not make you a morally bad human. It makes you a human if you eat. Right. I was going to say too, like, it's not just sad emotions that are associated with food. Like you were no. saying, like, have you ever had that like little, like, Ooh, I need a watermelon. You well, know? it's celebrating like taco Tuesday with your <laughs> That's friends. That's what I mean. Like, large. you're just like, like, you're like, Ooh, like, mm, I just like need that. And then like, you go get it. And it's like amazing. Right. Versus you don't go get it. You have every single thing in mm-hmm. your cabinet. Instead, that's quote unquote yeah. for you. And yeah. then you eventually have 17 of them instead yeah. of the one that would have made you feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I really think we could talk for like seven more hours. I know. I know. Uh, that's what happens for a podcast host and just put them on a Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> so there has to be a part two or a secondary follow up to this, but. For sake of time, tell our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they listen to more of your stuff? How can they find the DST girls? Yeah. So you can listen to Diet Starts Tomorrow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Um, And you can follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. And then to get more access to me, you can follow me at Lubination on social media. um, And you can listen to... Yeah, just listen to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I mean, you can listen to my other podcast too, but all that information is on my Instagram. Cool. Your lubination makes me want to change my handle to procrastination, just so it could be <laughs> some kind of I twins. think that's probably that taken, cool. but you could try. <laughs> um, unfortunately, my handle is just my name then. It's Remy Casimir. <laughs> Um, you can find me on all the platforms. If you're having trouble uh, having an orgasm, check out How Come. But um, yeah, if if you need any health and wellness that these guys aren't already talking about for you, <laughs> just a, just a second scoop. I was gonna say oh, a second helping, a second helping. Yeah, it's never like leave one. It's no. just add another. Yeah, yeah, but also if you want of... if you want some snark and some laughs, yes. you know, some we're always happy to provide. Wait, yeah. I've seen a ton of Spotify raps because you know it's like tis the season. Tis and the season. Both of our podcasts seem to be on a lot of people's top five. Yes. It's exciting yeah. and inspiring, so and I love cute. that. Right? <laughs> it's on my top five. I love it. I love the crossover action. We need to have a. a podcasters having to do with eating fest party That's no like a oh. festival where there's live I was podcasts like, we need to rage. but also food and okay we can rage too that works in anti-diet <laughs> only though i can't be having like what's his name liver man show up to right. if he has no. a podcast no, if he dead. still has a liver yeah <laughs> okay <True>. done <laughs> uh, well, i commented something you. on his post today and then i'll be done that was like he posted something like he was completely ignoring it and he was like eating all of this stuff and i said where's your side of juice and i just thought that was so funny <laughs> so, how am i doing as far as the comedian i like that you can entertain yourself that's such a good quality. i was like my day is over <laughs> ladies thank you so much for having us yeah, thank you so much for having us so fun guys thank you so much for listening to another episode of what the actual fork pod we know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us 
If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.